Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's about finishing. It's about finishing. That's what I'm saying. The, the positives are there, you know, to be able to run the ball and take the ball away. And that's something we've been hunting, you know, with, uh, to taking the ball away and give ourselves good field position. Now, we can learn from that because, you know, we didn't get any points off of it in the first half. You know, so that, you know, the score could have been a little bit more, you know, starting out, you know, in the half. So when you get the ball at the, at the field, the, the plus field on offense, man, you got to punch it in. You know, we'll, we'll take a field goal, but we got to get some touchdowns there, which we did in the second half. Steve Rosenblum, Adam Studzinski on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. How about learning to protect leads? That is interim Bears coach. Matt Eberchoke. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Adam Studzinski. He's Trash Panda. Bears have three wins this year. Two of them on Thursday. This is a bad year not to be playing on Thanksgiving. The Bears. No, no, I I like it, though. The Bears can't hurt us today. You're right. Coming after our show, um, we will be done at 11, me and Studs, me and the Trash Panda. It's the NFL Thanksgiving triple header. Right here on the score, Packers at Lions, Commanders at Cowboys, and Niners at Seahawks. Triple header coverage starts at 11. Right here on the score, 670 the score, and the Odyssey app. So the Bears can't finish, and the the whole idea of who they are, this is it, we're judging that. Well, I think we know. They can't finish. They get bad coaching. Coaches play not to lose, and then they lose. And the coach then tries the humana, humana, humana. Let's ask a guy who has to deal with this nightmare on a daily basis. We're going to go to the guest hotline presented by Circa Sports Illinois. And welcome back to the show, Mark Potash. Happy Thanksgiving, Mark. Thanks for joining us today. Is it Thanksgiving already? Yeah. Yeah. It it just goes to show you, Steve, even the bad seasons go quickly. Uh, when you cover the NFL. Well, you That's know what? We call covering the NFL. Yeah, when you're covering hockey, the American Thanksgiving is the way my Canadian friends and all hockey people refer to it. The Canadian Thanksgiving is in October, but everybody refers to the American Thanksgiving, and it held true and usually holds true about 80% of the time. You know your playoff teams. You look at the standings now, and about 80% of the teams in a playoff position now will make it come April. So you really only need like a 20-game season. And I think we've seen enough of the Blackhawks other than Bedard. But uh, but happy Thanksgiving. I don't think they're going to be in the playoffs. Well, well, thanks. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Studs. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving to you and everybody listening. So Studs has been champing at the bit to get to you. Here we go. 
Oh, hey, yeah. hey, hey, Potsy. It's good <laughs> to actually talk, like talk to you more than just you know, uh, brief, brief, briefly getting you on the line so other people can talk to you. So, been looking forward to this. So, I, I, I really wanted to to ask you about yesterday. I thought you were fantastic, kind of grilling down Matty Refus about the his team's inconsistencies because he talks about be, wanting to be consistent and wanting to to finish, and his teams can't seem to do that. And isn't this hits principle supposed to be all about that? So, hey, why would you keep a guy around Potsy that that can't do the one thing that he has been preaching since day one? Well, that's obviously going to be the big question. One reason is uh, because the guy who hired him um, is more prone to look for reasons to keep him than to fire him. So uh, no matter how much it looks to us like a change is imminent and has to be made, and it still could be made, uh, you got to factor in the, uh, the the idea that uh, that Ryan Poles uh, hired Matt Eberflus, and it was a little different. You know, it's like when um, it's like when Phil Emery uh, inherited Lovey Smith. He looked; they went ten and six, but he looked for whatever reason he could to fire him, and he and he found one. They didn't make the playoffs. It works the opposite way when he's your guy, and uh, and I just feel like uh, you know I can see I've covered this team long enough. I can see you know. I can see that finish against the, the Cardinals, Falcons, and Green Bay and a little bit of an uptick with a couple wins and, and that being enough to say, hey, we're heading in the right direction. We showed progress. And I'm not saying that's the will be reality, but I'm just saying that's the way they look at it. So that's why, uh, at least uh, uh, on, as it stands right now, um, I would argue it might be more likely that he stays than he goes. I know that's that, that goes against uh, you know uh, the prevailing opinion, but uh, I've just seen this before how it works, and 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 that could, you know the way the season ensues, it could it, that that could be the result. Oh, don't tell that to Dan Bernstein; he might he he might not make it. He will so, spontaneously <laughs> combust, yeah. so, which will please a lot of people actually. So a, a, a quick follow up for you then, Matt Eberflus said that you can see the progress, and I'm curious how you would measure progress. Potsy, because I think if you look at the team, yes, they're better than they were last year. They're not suck out loud, bad, largely uncompetitive, but they still can't finish games. And that's ultimately what means the most in the NFL. So how do you balance measuring progress on the field as far as the team is improved and more talented, but they still can't win a game that they should win in the last five minutes? Well, I think that's the crux of the whole season and the whole Eberflus uh, era and everything is these next two games I think will be defining. I think they will define progress. You've got to beat uh, playoff contending teams and you've got to play and, or at least play well against them and coming off that game against the Lions where they look like, a, like I said, an actual good team for a while. It wasn't just a fluke that they were up by, you know, 12 points and then collapse. They got the Vikings and the Lions, two division games, uh, one at home, both rematches, which are you know I think are are, are telling, and uh, I think uh, I think this these two games I, I said this earlier wrote this earlier in the week I think these two games will define the, the Matt Eberflus era with regard to actual progress. If there's actual progress, they will win at least one of these games and play well in both of them and and and, and finish. Uh, if not, uh, and then in Cleveland the next week, you, that's another one. But after that, you know, I always say to you know, if they if they flop in these next two or three games against the Vikings, Lions, and Browns, and and win against the Cardinals, Falcons, and Packers, uh, that won't do it for me. And I think for a lot of fans because they've seen that movie before. Yeah, but that Packers thing that that ownership loves it's 
It's history. Ownership. Hey, they beat the Packers. It's all worth it. I'm yeah, telling you. that's right. That's the oldest joke in Bears history is I don't care if they go 2-12 and 12, back when it was a 14-game season. As long as the two wins are against the Packers. You know, that's the way that myopic ownership operates. You've seen that too, Mark. Yeah, but that's going that 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 idea has kind of gone the way of fair weather. Another myth. Um, and, <laughs> and, I, and I will say this: I will say this, I don't think ownership has quite the hand the control uh, uh, with Kevin Warren in charge that they used to. Is quite the influence. Let's put it that way. Uh, there's a buffer between uh, uh, between ownership and and the uh, and the GM uh, uh, right now, and I think that makes a difference. And I think that will make a difference as far as allowing. Uh, or could make a difference as far as allowing some of that old-school thinking, that old-school family thinking, like, hey, we had a six-game losing streak, but look at the way we responded to it. You know, that's that's why we're going to keep our man Nagy and Ryan Pace. I mean, I think that thinking is – I think that thinking will, cha- will change, at least um, uh, uh, on the face of it, uh, you know, uh, going forward. But, you know, there's still a lot, a lot of games. A lot of things can happen. It's, it's really hard to predict, and, and also it's really hard to know exactly what – uh, what uh, what Ryan Poles is thinking, especially with the influence of Kevin Warren being his boss. So uh, I hate to not give you a defi- definite answer, but there just isn't one right now because we're, nobody is ever familiar with the Bears' thinking. Nobody ever has been. <laughs> no, and I think you need to have your head examined. You might need to check yourself in someplace if you did <laughs> understand it. He's Mark Potash of the Sun-Times. We're talking Bears here on The Score. Steve Rosenblum. Trash Panda Adam Stanzinski with you this Thanksgiving Day. Thanks for giving us a listen. So I started the show by saying the evaluation of Sunday was the worst thing to happen to evaluating Justin Fields because it's not just incomplete. It's maddeningly familiar. And when Justin Fields tells you yesterday, this is who we can be, well, that's who you are. You're a team that can look really great. It's the Jay Cutler thing. Pretty shiny thing. Look at all those football things we do. And then... At the end, there's a killer mistake, a killer way to lose. That's what I think. That's what I think is very frustrating. Did you find it that way, or what did you take from what Justin Fields did in evaluating this guy? Whether you're going to pay him two hundred million dollars next year? Well, um, uh, they're not going to do that. Um, I, I don't know. I'm kind of changing my thinking on the quarterback thing because I have no confidence that even if the Bears decide that that Fields is not their guy, I have no confidence that. A, they can find the right guy out of all these quarterbacks. B, the current coaching staff can develop him any better than they have Fields. And C, that the Bears, if they want to change coaches, can find a an offensive coach who can develop him. That's over three. And I just have no, <laughs> and punts. Yeah. I'm just going based on what I've seen. I just have no confidence that they, that that they'll pick the right guy. You know that they'll pick you know C.J. Stroud over Bryce Young. And and have the the staff in place that the that that, uh, the Texans have to develop them. So, my feeling right now, I'll be honest, is like I think I think Fields has been good enough that uh, even though he is not uh, what I call an it factor quarterback, he doesn't have an he's not instinctive. He doesn't have you know he's uh, uh, um, he just he can't will a defense into making mistakes and things like that. He can't do some things you look at Joe Burrow or 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 Mahomes or guys like that. He's not that. But I don't think there's that much uh, there's that much that kind of quarterback in the NFL anymore. Look at some of these some of these guys like Burrow's, Burrow himself is not the same guy he was last year. Now he's hurt. Uh, Mahomes is not the same quarterback without the without the the same weapons that he's had because of their cap issues. So my feeling right now, frankly, at least at this point, is 
their best bet is to is maybe even to stick with with uh, Justin Fields or whoever the quarterback is. Just make the best team around him. Give him just give him support that you can overcome his flaws and win games that way. Because that's the only thing I see the Bears capable of doing, with uh, as opposed to you know finding the magical guy who lifts a team on, on his shoulders and carries them you know over the finish line. I just I just. I just think I guess I I feel like I feel like Fields is 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 an upgrade over like Trubisky because he can he, I think he throws a better deep ball and he's a bigger running threat and I think he can be managed in a better offense that's probably the best way to put it I think he can become a winner in a better offense more than whatever else they have unless you know that Caleb Williams is is the answer or Drake May is the answer I don't I don't I don't trust them to to find it I guess that's my whole point I don't so acquire all the talent you can for Justin Fields or your name here whoever follows next that's the idea yeah I, I think that's their I really I think that's I think that's their best bet I think most teams are kind of going that way um and, and, I mean you're seeing teams like the Bills firing their offensive coordinator and stuff like that so Josh Allen, I mean, even he isn't a guy who, who saves everybody. So I just think that's kind of the way the NFL right now. I think quarterbacking is at uh, a little bit of a lull, and uh, and I think it's become more difficult for a quarterback to make the difference, even though you know quarterbacks win the Super Bowl, no doubt about it. But they also have great defenses, and they also have great supporting casts. And I think that's the, I think that's the Bears' best way to do it um, because they uh, just don't have a knack for developing uh, a quarterback. So – uh, I guess what I'm saying is I, I, I've seen enough from Fields that I think he can win, whereas with uh, with Trubisky, I thought, wow, it's going to take a whole lot more. You talk about support. He needed everything just absolutely perfect. Right. I think Fields has some ability to overcome overcome some uh, uh, flaws in your offense to, to be a winner. So it's not a ringing endorsement, but it's like the best you can hope for with the Bears. I mean, that's they're, they're, you know, they're kind of stuck. There is certainly an argument that this – this type of quarterback play is still better than largely what what we've seen over the last forty years. So take Marvin Harrison this is Jr. Jay Cutler. This is Jay Cutler redone, revisited. Get all the get all the weapons. Make all the excuses. Killer football plays, looking great, wonderful, and then the killer mistake, so, and you lose. So take Marvin Harrison Jr. with the second pick in the draft is what we're saying, basically. I'm with I, I'm with you on that. What do you think? What if they What if they were to do that, which doesn't seem like some, some like something anybody would want to do or has done? But what if they did that, Mark? I think I think that's that's uh, not a bad way for the Bears to go. I think Marvin Harrison Jr. makes you a better quarterback. He makes you a better coach. Um, he just you know, but but the thing is though, you've got to add, you know, you you've got to add more. You, you've got to have all pieces already in place. That's why you got to hope that like Darnell Wright, that's a good start on the offensive line. Is Braxton Jones a good start at the other side? That's what they have to decide. Um, uh, DJ Moore, you've already, now you've already got some pieces in place where Marvin Harrison Jr. can make a, a much bigger difference than say a year ago or two years ago. So I think that's uh, you know I don't think that's I don't think that's the the worst plan is to have a team around you know make your quarterback you know you're not you're you're not you're not asking Trent Dilfer to win your Super Bowl. I think I think uh, <laughs> you know I, I I think Justin Fields is good enough that that you can win with him. But I will say this now that I talk my way into this corner. Um, <laughs> he, he, he he has to prove that he can win games in the fourth quarter. There's no, now that that I, if you give me if you come back at me with that, I will I will say absolutely you are absolutely right. He's got to prove that when he does have the chance, and and, and that was 
the last drive was not a good example of that. I'm talking about better. There are better situations, but he's got to be able to close the door, put the hammer down, and and a lot of that is on the offense, but a lot of that is also on the quarterback, kind of willing things to happen, like you see a lot of quarterbacks do. So that is the one caveat, I guess I would say, uh, in keeping Fields is that he has to prove that he could win a game late for you to have faith in him. We're talking to Mark Potash, the Sun-Times. It's rosy, it's studs. We're here until 11 a.m. on the score. So, Potsy, I want to ask you a simple question. Why can't we get a straight answer about why the most important players specifically on defense aren't playing on the most important downs on defense. Well, we I, got what, a what? little bit closer. We got a little bit closer. The <laughs> We're getting there. Around. I think, I think somebody got to Matt Eberflus and explained to him just what an issue this was and what a bad look it was to have a guy that you paid 90, you're paying $98 million uh, only on the field for 39 snaps. And, uh, and he's kind of kind of walked that back in his own way a little bit and said, yeah, we need to have him on more, and I think they will plan to have him on more. That's still a little bit of a red flag that even in a key game, uh, he's taken himself out when the, when the offense was only on the field for like 19 minutes. And, you know, just uh, I'm, not, uh, I'm not sold that that's the, the answer they think it is. But I think he gets it. I, I, think, I think or somebody told him, uh, you know, about it. I think he understands that you got to do that, but it's a little. This is it's an interesting situation. It's a little bit difficult. He's not used to having a player like that, you know, brought in. He had DeForest Buckner uh, with, with the Colts. That was the one time in Justin Houston. But um, his system isn't really kind of it makes stars. It doesn't really uh, you know have them come in and and be those players. So this is a little bit of an adjustment for him. And I but I think he will adjust. I think he gets it that. Uh, that he needs uh, that he needs Montez Sweat in there more than you know Rasheem Green, so who's actually been pretty effective uh, when he's been out there. So I, I shouldn't pick on him, but the fact is you're paying one guy more than the other, and in salary cap world, you've got to get cap efficiency to really be a good football team. Either you know either guys on rookie deals overplaying it, or guys with big deals you know, with big contracts playing uh, up up to their standard or, or what they're being paid. Well, get your Matt Eberchoke decoder ring ready because I'm sure there'll be more gobbledygook and double talk and all of that. He seems to do that like a uh, like a guy who's out of place, like a guy the spotlight is too big for him. He doesn't know what to say. So good luck with that, Mark. Well, I'm looking forward to the last, uh, what, six, seven weeks of the season. So uh, that, that's at least I've still got my sanity and I'm, and I'm, and I'm eager for the, for, to see how it turns out. But uh I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly how it'll work out for the Bears, but um, um, here we, it's football. <laughs> okay. Well, we it's hope football. they start playing that soon. Mark, thanks for your time. Have a happy holiday. Thanks for taking time out today. Same to you guys. Appreciate it. Thank you, Mark Potash of the Sun Times, talking Bears here on the Score. We, meaning me and Trash Panda over there, studs. It will. We'll take you up to eleven o'clock. Then. After our show, it's the NFL Thanksgiving triple header. Packers at Lions, Commanders at Cowboys, and Niners at Seahawks. Triple header coverage starts at 11 a.m. right here on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. And tomorrow, tomorrow at 6 a.m., Gabe Ramirez and Marshall Harris will take you through Thanksgiving and the Bears. 10 a.m. to 1.30, Mark Grody, our guest at... 10 o'clock today will be on 10 to 1.30 tomorrow, setting up a time for another game. By the way, we're going to have a Sucksgiving reunion with, Can't wait. with Grody. Uh, 1.30 to 5.30, Dolphins at Jets tomorrow on the score. 
Gabriel Ramirez, 530 to 6.15. And then 6.15 to 9.30, the Bulls at the Raptors. We'll also have Ohio State-Michigan, 10.30 on Saturday. But let's get back to Bulls at Raptors. Because we're going to get back Bulls. to the Bulls. We're going to talk about the Bulls. Bulls. They can't. They can't start. They can't finish. They can't win. They can't figure it out. Scoop Jackson thinks he's figured it out, right? Isn't that what he's said? Yeah, he's got he's got he had an interesting point of view when he was on with Dan and Lawrence about why this team sucks. Well, we'll bring you that, and then later on we'll talk some Thanksgiving, the greatest Thanksgiving turkey recipe you've ever seen. I'm Steve Rosen. Let me Adam Stadzinski, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink think what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply hey everyone boomer esiason here the nfl draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one the free odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Oklahoma City about to win their sixth straight game and hand the Bulls. They're lost. The Bulls are going to drop to 5-11. and 11, And 1-5 and five on the road. Get ready for the Raptors coming up Friday. And we'll be on the air at 6.15 Central Time. Raptors winners tonight in Indiana. And the ball put in play and the ball game is over. 116-102 in favor of the Thunder of Oklahoma City as they led wire to wire. Steve Rosenblum, Adam Studzinski on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Welcome back to our sucks-giving programming. So, of course, we're talking Bulls. Yeah. That was Chuck. That was heard on the score. And he was taught, you know what? It's an all-Chicago, Toronto, Black Friday. The Blackhawks are hosting the Maple Leafs, who have the longest 56 years without a Stanley Cup. And Toronto, that makes them crazy. And the Bulls are going to suck in um, a different currency tomorrow (laughs) against Toronto as they go on this road trip that should sink them. And the Bears, the Bulls have been outscored. Of course, the Bears could have been outscored too, but the Bulls have been outscored 231 to 160 in their last eight first quarters. They can't start. So they've lost, so they can't finish. Well, it's so hard to overcome that kind of deficit, but I think it's even worse than that, Rosie. So I went back and I did the math on the Bulls' total points in the first half of their last six games. So this starts with last night and goes back to the loss in Milwaukee on November 13th. Starting with last night, their first half total points. This is not a quarter. This is the first half. <laughs> All right? That's how we know how bad I couldn't even believe this when I, when I checked it. 39 last night. That's bad. First half. Yeah. 53 
the night the, the game before that against Miami. That's fine. It's fine. It's you should be scoring more than that. You need to be closer to 60, right? But 53 is is fine. Before that, 30. That's terrible. Before that, 33. 33 again the night before that. And then 49 in the first half against Milwaukee. You that is that is 1995 NBA basketball. Sucking, 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 sucking. That is how I went back and I look at that and I just think, how is that possible? The, they got a new shooting coach. He wouldn't. He wasn't. He supposed to fix everything. He did. Look at that. They can't shoot. They're shooting they more threes, but they, they can't, can't prepare. They everybody can't comes out and says. Everybody comes out and says they're trying. Look, they're really trying. The players say it. Donovan said, "I go. These guys are trying. They're of course really they're working. trying." Yes, I don't know exactly. And what what is, you right? see, what you see is that going back to Nashville, the whole kumbaya thing, the desperation of from team president on down, who totally screwed up this team. Have you mm. looked at the NBA standings? By the way, so the kumbaya didn't happen. Nobody really. Maybe they got faced. They ended up face down in Tootsie's in Nashville, and maybe that was it. They didn't become a better basketball team. Nothing the coach said took. They ended up with a team meeting after the first game. Oh, good, they're talking to each other because we have no way of coaching them. That's essentially what Billy Donovan said, Oof. and team management ran it back because they have no idea. They're plumb out of ideas, so they went to Nashville. And now you're watching this, and I need you to watch this. Have you looked at the NBA standings? I just pulled them up, actually. Who, who's ten and five? Who is ten and five? That would be in the East. In the East, Orlando, Milwaukee, Miami, Philadelphia, Orlando. So Arturus Karnishevis rebuilt the Magic when he was working for the Bulls. Yes, he did. Thank he you did, very much. Yeah, good. right. Thank you. You know what? Thank you. Your plane is boarding, Arturus Karnishevis. Your plane is boarding. So I <laughs> missed this, but you flagged this. Scoop Jackson, right. why don't you walk it up for us? So Scoop Jackson was on with Bernstein and Holmes a couple days ago. He's in the studio. He's great. Awesome. Legendary around this city, right? And is Lawrence Holmes' is Yoda, which I found out. It was pretty cool. So he, they asked him about the Bulls, the current Bulls. And he had an interesting perspective about why this team sucks and continues to suck. We have been down a starting point guard for, what, three years now, right? Correct. And I'm not taking anything away from Iowa, taking anything away from, you know. Kobe. Kobe, or even if they throw, you know, AC out there, whoever the starting point guard is. If we're being honest, would you call any of them – Bona fide starting point guards on a playoff team in the East. No. No. Okay, so that, I'm, I'm, I'm not being mean. I'm trying to be fair on this to answer your question. So we are down a starting point guard and have been for the last three years since Zoe's been down, right? Correct? Yes. We have one power forward on the roster. One. That's it, and that's Patrick Williams. Now, not to be mean at all, but that's technically a vacancy from what he's been producing over the last couple of years, right? Correct. So you're asking what's up with the Bulls. To me, we've been playing three-on-five basketball for three years because starting point guard, no power forward, period. How do you expect to win 
when this has been an ongoing problem, what you put out on the court to start games. So this now goes back to what you were talking about with the front office. For three years, since Lonzo's been out, we'll say, they've been playing three-on-five basketball. And that's why they can't find any kind of consistency and why they can't, there's, there's no continuity on the court because people are fighting over the ball because when Lonzo was here, it worked. So when you had a real true point guard who's not a guy that, I, that needs his shots, it worked. A two-way point guard. Too. Yes, a two-way, an excellent defender. And can make threes when you, when you need him to, right? So he goes down and, okay, fine. The year he went down, fine. All right, you know, got hurt in the middle of the season, fine. It, that's hard to replace, right? Last year, it's like they kept holding on to hope that he's going to be back. And what, even if you think there's a, a small chance he's not going to be back, they didn't replace the point guard. They never did. And eventually they, they kind of got, they got Patrick Beverly, Beverly as if that was supposed to, to fix anything, mm-hmm. right? So they, they basically played the entire season without a true point guard. And now this year, this is the most inexcusable year. And you can, if you, you want to make an argument for them, for, for the Bulls front office, you can say, okay, last year they didn't have as much information as they do this year about Lonzo's ball's knee. By midway through the season, though, you knew he's not going to be here. You need to find a solution. This year, you knew. You knew he's not going to be playing this year. Mm-hmm. And he's probably never going to play again. Mm-hmm. And you did nothing to replace the point guard position. You got Kobe White, who I like, but I, I think Kobe White is more of an off-the-bench, go, go drain threes. Clearly. A, a, a spark off the bench, if you will. He's right? adapted he's, better to what he's, he's been asked to do. Right, he's a much better point but, guard now than when, when he was a rookie and they were asking him to do it. Yeah. And it's the same with Io. But Io is, I think if Io's your two, your number two point guard, cool. But he shouldn't be starting. He shouldn't be your main point guard. I know he's not now. Kobe White is, right? But this the whole point here is for three years, you've had this vacancy that you haven't filled. Do you think Karnishavis is inept or inert? Mm. I don't want to say he's... Do you think he knows <laughs> talent? Because... What you're talking about is a guy who not only built the Magic into a, a yes. tied for the second best team in the East right now, but he turned Lonzo Ball into Michael Jordan, where this team could not survive the <laughs> absence of it. Right? I mean, that's a, you could. This team doesn't survive, and it can't. And it can't be an excuse anymore. Like not this year. It's not an excuse. If you want to use it for an excuse last year, fine. I can give you a little bit benefit of the doubt, but this year's inexcusable. And nothing was done. Nothing oh, was Tory done. Tory Craig was done, and Javon Carter was done, and, and none how, of those guys. How's that working out? For none you? of those guys are starting point guards. None of those. None of those guys are are true facilitators. Right. I'll tell, I'll tell you what I think is at play here, and the reason they ran it back. There is something to the idea that NBA, the NBA, is more turnstile driven than the NHL. It used hmm. to be the other way around, and I. I firmly believe, a number one rule in life, follow the money. I firmly believe that whatever random Reinsdorf is in charge, that, that money and playoff tickets and desperately trying to get in and qualify and to play in whatever extra revenue you can get, and playoff revenue is big, mm-hmm. I think that plays a part. And that, that runs counter to an idea of a rebuild. 
the idea that the Bulls in this form are can't can feasibly make the playoffs. They have the talent on their roster. Can they can make the playoffs? Then you get the revenue. All right, I could see that as. As they're not part playing of it. like a playoff team. No, they're not. It, it, and it's in nor should you have expected them to because it's the same team as last year. Yes, it is. It's the same team as last year, and that team was a play-in team that couldn't score down the stretch against Miami. And, and all your big guys, that's exactly right. All your big guys still haven't scored in the last eight minutes against Miami <laughs> when you paid them all that money, starting with Max Levine, and now he wants out. It, yeah. And, and you know what? Go ahead. You can go ahead and go, Zach. It's, that's, <laughs> Will you Uber I'm done. to the airport? I'm done with Zach Levine. Yeah. I just, it, the guy, and we had this conversation this week on uh, with, with Dan and Lawrence about it, he's trying to play the bad guy and it doesn't suit him. It's because he's not a bad guy and he's trying to play this role of the disgruntled superstar, but he's not a superstar. He's barely a star. He got paid like one. And I'm not saying he didn't deserve to get, to get that money, but. This isn't you, man. Like, you're not. DeMar DeRozan has given you every opportunity to take over as the guy on the team. Mm-hmm. He is, he's been more than willing to cede to you and say, hey, like, all right, go for it, Zach. Go win us this game. And every time he does something stupid. I saw a stat that he was driving less, which he is driving less, that limits his ability demand to be dynamic. And that's what his two best skills are. He can make bad shots and he can drive to the hoop and score. No, don't forget he he plays Matador defense. Yeah, there you go. Maybe he's out for Winburn. He didn't play last night, but you wouldn't know it. I mean, you wouldn't really miss his his misses. The Bulls missed without him. Because he he hasn't done anything this year that would make you feel like, oh yeah, that guy's not on the court. You're like, because they're not, they're not, they're they're only scoring thirty points in the first half. So you're not missing Zach Levine's ten points in that scenario. They're averaging twenty four. They're Jesus. averaging bare. I don't think they were twenty five yet. He's Adam Studzinski, Trash Panda. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Thank you for listening us, uh, to us on Sucks Giving. <clears throat> My group Stones, Rolling Stones are coming to Soldier Field on June twenty seventh, twenty twenty four. Presented by AEG. Tune in to Mully and Haw, Bernstein and Holmes, and Parkins and Spiegel next Monday through Wednesday for your chance to win a pair of tickets to see the Stones. You ever seen the Stones, Rosie? I have not. You I know, love yeah. them. I've never seen the Eagles. I love them. Oh, you ever saw the Eagles? Huh? I just, wow. I'll listen to the music. I That's fine. I don't. You I would have. Th- I would have thought that the Eagles. Age, I don't stand for three hours. Well, no, anymore. I understand that, but I would have thought back in the day you you would have made a point to see the Eagles. I, it was. It was in Long Beach. They were there, um, and I saw them. But it wasn't. You know, it was before Hotel California. Oh, okay. But so it was, so they, they were still the Eagles. They yeah, were it's still the Eagles. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fine. They yeah. were taking it easy, and they took it from Jackson Brown, and and there you right. go. But Hotel California it's, was just such a watershed. Original, original, original lineup, right? At that point, yeah, I don't. Whatever they are, what they 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 had the original Glenn Fry, not Glenn Fry's kid. Okay, <laughs> skill. That's how it goes. When Mark Potash was on previously, as our on our guest line, guest line was powered by IBEW Local Nine, Chicago's original powerhouse since 1892. Hey, did you know it's Thanksgiving? I did. Yeah, woke up this morning. Like, oh, it's Thanksgiving. We oh. have regular yeah. Thanksgiving things. 
including WKRP. Yes. So we have the greatest lines from the greatest TV episode ever and the greatest turkey recipe I've ever read. We'll bring you mm. that next. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 to score. No parachutes yet. Oh, my God, they're turkeys. Turkeys are hitting the ground like sacks of wet cement. Steve Rosenblum, Adam Studzinski on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Nice. Nice, Tyler. You got Les Nesman right and the long run by the Eagles. Welcome and welcome back. Thank you for joining us on this Sucksgiving show. It is Thanksgiving. That was Les Nesman from the greatest episode in television history. Really? The turkeys are hitting the ground. Sacks of wet cement to which came arguably the greatest line in television history from Arthur Carlson. As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. There you go. That's it. I want to know how they came up with that bit. I They were it, brilliant. The, the WKRP people were brilliant. They obviously. worked at a radio. They knew radio. And then the idea of what if we had a turkey drop? <laughs> with a literal a literal turkey drop. <laughs> live turkey. <laughs> and the... the I think the real brilliance of it is you never see the turkeys. It's all the visual cues of of Les and his voice, like and, like and explaining looking very theatrical. Yeah, not pantomiming, it, but acting it and out. And all you ever see is him in front of the storefront, yeah. <laughs> just horrified with what he's witnessing. It's brilliant. And one of the running jokes was Les Nesman's office was taped off. He was taped on the floor because he didn't have an office, so you couldn't step in unless he. Unless you knock, 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 and he had masking tape on the floor. And then they started putting Band-Aids all over him, just random and not referring to them. He just had Band-Aids on his head. So that's part of our Thanksgiving, our Sucksgiving performance. So Sweet Alice and Shooter, are you going to see them for Thanksgiving? What are you doing for Thanksgiving? So, and yeah, shout out to my parents. They were, my mom's listening. So happy Thanksgiving. Hi, Sweet Alice. Have a happy Thanksgiving. And... I'm going to be, I'm spending today with my fiance's family. So, but either Saturday or Sunday, I'm going to drive down and see my family. Say hi so, for me. I will. <clears throat> and yeah. so and, I'll, I'll be going down to the, to the middle of nowhere. I guess it's Saturday or Sunday. I haven't decided yet. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll figure it out. And we'll play it by ear. We like your fiance's family. You like that whole thing? Yeah, they're great. They're great. It'll be fun. We're, it's going to be at her aunt's house out in Schaumburg. Should be a good time. Okay. Her her my fiance's cousin said he got a a a bottle of Japanese whiskey. He wants me to partake of with him. So I don't know how much of it we're going to drink, but if he's pouring, why? It's free. If it's yeah. free, it's me. Yeah. I'll take. Well, I'm, three. I'm bringing some bourbon too, so it'll be it'll be an exchange, right? You know, bring the bring the bring the drink of my people. I I don't know why Japanese do... whiskey though. I, it, it's a it's a thing. It's a thing. I've had it before. It's but I've this is supposed and? to be good stuff. So I like it. I like all fl- There's not a kind of liquor that I've ever been like, you know, I don't like this. Dark liquor for me. Really? We have a, we have a dark and ugly history. There were there was emergency room visits oh. involved with dark liquor. So we're not going to do stop. that anymore. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. We're not going to do that. So you may be, you know, all parts of if I had my choice and I did this with my kids, we do Thanksgiving, not big turkey. I like smoked turkey. Yeah. I had never had a fried turkey. I would love fried to, turkey's really good. I would love to have that. I don't want to risk anybody's hospitalization. That's, that's been my favorite one that I've done. My my 
fiance's dad and her brother did the did the fried turkey last year. It was really good. I would do steaksgiving. One year I did surf and turfsgiving. That with, sounds great with my kids because I like side dishes are great, right? And the I'd rather if my entree, if I get my choice of entree, it's going to be ribeye. So that was that. So what? Where, where are you doing this year? What are your me plans? and Sweet Cheeks are going to a friend's house. Okay, the Leopolds. They invited us over, and she said the Leopolds. I, yeah, I, I grew know up what with a kid want. last name Leopold. Yeah, yeah, not Leopold and Loeb. Somebody else. Interesting. So, so she said, "I know what you. I know you'd rather do th- steaksgiving. <clears throat> we're doing turkey, but we're going to smoke it." I said, "Okay, I'll be your friend, <laughs> and I'll bring the wine." All right. So I did yeah. that. So what? What? What if here? This would be a real power move. If you show up to Thanksgiving, wherever you're going, or if you're, it, this is a situation where you're not hosting, right? If you just brought steaks with you and said, hey, can I use your, either your grill or your, your, your pan? Whatever. Hi, no, I brought my own cast iron. Yeah, I brought my own cast iron. I just, yeah, I, I got my, my own, own cast iron. My own I got cast my cast iron. I got my salt. And I'm going to smoke I got some up. rosemary. I just, you know, all I'm I need is butter. smoke out the house. Yeah. I yeah, think that would I, be great. It would be. It would be um, the last time I see that friend, and maybe that's what I want to do to to ensure. That. I would love if someone did that to me. If I was if I was hosting and someone brought all the stuff because and they're like, I'm going to make steaks. I'd be like, okay, go for it, man. Byo entree. Yeah, you can. Well, you can have a Thanksgiving now. I bring what you want. We'll do all the sides. One of the sides. That's a great is, idea. One of the sides is stuffing. Right. Sometimes it's on the side, and sometimes it's actually cooked inside the turkey. This grandma's recipe is the greatest turkey recipe I've ever heard. Popcorn dressing for turkey. You ever heard of that? No. Popcorn dressing for turkey. I'll just read it the way it's written on the recipe card. Two cups of breadcrumbs, half a cup butter, half a cup tablespoon, half a tablespoon of pepper, one tablespoon of salt, two cups chopped celery, two onions, two cups raw popcorn. So, uh, wait, here we go. Okay. Combine, put in turkey, and roast about five hours, depending on the size of the turkey. When the corn begins to pop, it will blow the ass off the turkey, <laughs> and it is done. That's outstanding. That is the greatest Thanksgiving recipe I have ever How heard. do you? How, <laughs> how do you even come up with that? Who sat down That'll and said, know you know what? Done. Okay. Maybe it's 300 degrees, and you got all the popcorn in there when it blows the turkey's ass off. All right, dinner. <laughs> Ready to go. Everybody, hey, come on. Who thought that up? I, there's this no, is, it looks like grandma's card. Who? Yeah. I, I don't even know how you get to the process to the point of, I'm going to put popcorn inside this turkey. <laughs> Unpopped popcorn inside this turkey. Uh-huh. It doesn't make, I, that, that's mind-blowing. But. I'd try it. Blows the turkey's ass off. There you go. All right. We're going to take a break when we come back. So did you did you get Shohei for 9 o'clock? Did you, were you able to book him? Because talking about the Cubs, because he's so anxious to do that. Did you get that? Work in progress, unfortunately, oh, Rosie. Right. Well, you got about five minutes. If he's not we'll available in five minutes, if yeah. he calls in six minutes, tell him, tell him it's too late. In the meantime, I have yet another area in which... Interim coach, interim Bears coach Matt Eberchoke has failed, has failed his team, his precious defense, his offense, his quarterback, has failed the franchise. You just can't name enough of them. 
but I have one. <laughs> Never any and list. And we'll discuss that after this. Steve Rosenblum, Adam Studzinski. Hi, sweet Alice. Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.